0: Greetings humans, you have entered the Command Zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay.
1: How's it everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Command Zone. I'm your host Josh Lee Kwai. And I'm DJ. DJ still filling in for Jimmy who is missing out on all the fun. Well I'm... I'm
0: having fun. Oh, yeah. I'm having enough fun so I can, like, share some with Jimmy, too. <laughs> I know Jimmy is,
1: like, he's texting me. Have you seen this? I'm like, yes, I've seen them all. <laughs> but he's very excited, so he's he's sad to be missing out. and He misses all of you guys. And he's really going to miss out on this episode because we're doing, again, the fun thing, the most fun thing when new Commander product comes out. We are taking one of the new Commanders and building a brand new deck from scratch. It is... How do you say that?
0: Oh, you give it a try first, and then I'll make fun of you for saying it wrong.
1: <laughs> it's... <laughs> Brudeclad, totally wrong, Josh. Telcor engineer, really? How would you say that? Uh, Brudeclad. It's Brudeclad. Brudeclad. Oh, if you say it like Scottish, then it sounds way better. It's like mother of runes. <laughs> Brudeclad. It's Brudeclad. The Telcor engineer. <laughs> so, if you're in for that, we're going to be talking about it in just a minute. <laughs> but who you, wouldn't
0: be in for that? Who wouldn't be honestly <laughs> the Scottish artificer?
1: <laughs> so, you may have noticed we're doing a ton of awesome extra content for. Commander 2018, and you know, that requires planning, it requires production, most importantly it requires a lot of editorial work, and honestly, we wouldn't be able to do any of this extra stuff if it, if we didn't get the help of an awesome sponsor, and that's VRV.
0: Yeah, we've talked about them tons of times before, they're a streaming service, and they've got tons of stuff on their platform. We've got Cartoon Hangover, Crunchyroll, Funimation, Rooster Teeth, Geek and Sundry... So much stuff.
1: Yeah, tons of awesome stuff. And right now, you can get a special 30-day free trial of the service by using our affiliate link. If you go to vrv.co slash command zone, you can test out the service. You can try it for free. Did I mention it's free? (laughs) For 30 days. And we know
0: that they have tons of great stuff, but they're always adding to their catalog. There's always new stuff coming out. The newest stuff coming out is the first three seasons of Killjoys. Sweet! Okay. All of the 2011 Thundercats show. Yeah,
1: you know, Thundercats, Thundercats! Ho! Oh! <laughs> I don't know. That's not necessarily the 2011 one. That's like the 90s one from my childhood. I, used I to just watch that like all
0: Thundercats. I still 2011. have
1: a, a Thundercats T-shirt. I still have. Yeah.
0: <laughs> not to mention, Swatcats just came out.
1: Yeah, Swatcats is really cool. And you know, one of the things we always mention when we talk about VRV is that they have offline downloading. And this is something that not all streaming platforms or sorry streaming services have. And it can be really frustrating because if I can't download it now and watch it later, that means sometimes I can't watch it at all because I don't really know when I'm not going to have Wi-Fi sometimes. I might be in a plane or I might be like, you know, just traveling somewhere or in a place where I don't have... Josh, gri- do, you, do you know what place
0: doesn't have Wi-Fi? My literal, my literal house has <laughs> horrible (laughs) Wi-Fi. I find myself sometimes like downloading stuff like at work at a Starbucks. Yeah, I use Josh's Wi-Fi to just get some content on there.
1: So you watch it when you get home?
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You do live kind of
1: up there in the mountains.
0: I know. Uh, But honestly, like you could run into so many different places. Like you go to your mom's house, your grandma's house, you're on a bus. Oh
1: yeah. Grandma's house always has bad (laughs) Wi-Fi. Totally. (laughs) Well, if you want something or some way to watch stuff while you're at grandma's house, VRV.co slash command zone that's our referral code you head on over there you give it a try for free for 30 days you'll be supporting this show all of our content and you'll also be trying out a really awesome service and there another way to support our content is to go directly to patreon.com slash command zone and contribute to us directly i said directly a lot there but it really does help us out patrons there's some of our favorite people out there. They are really supporting the show. They're our biggest fans. And they get to do things like see game nights before anybody else. There are a lot of benefits. In fact, we call out one lucky patron every single episode. And this episode is dedicated to Felipe. Felipe Hirata. Felipe we, didn't, we didn't. Let's try it one more time. Felipe, Felipe Hirata. Hirata. Felipe, you rock. Thanks, Felipe. Um, okay. So let's get into this deck tech about Brutaclad. It does sound way better.
0: Brudeklad.
1: Yeah. It sounds brutal. Oh, it does. Yeah. Okay. I like
0: clad. Like he's clad with yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> de clad Come over here, lad.
1: <laughs> okay. I, I, I won't. I won't gonna, he, yeah.
0: He's going to promise he's not going to do it again. No. He's going to do it again later. I almost promised, <laughs> and I was like,
1: you can't keep you that can't promise. You can't keep that promise. <laughs> okay. So let's read the card. Bru de Telcor Engineer. It's four, a blue, and a red. For a four, four. Legendary artifact creature. It is an artificer. It says creature tokens you control have haste and At the beginning of combat on your turn create a 2-1 blue Mirror artifact creature token and then you may choose a token you control If you do each other token you control becomes a copy of that token
0: I remember this. You really were dug this card when we were breaking down that commander set. We didn't we didn't rotate around like revolve around this commander specifically. We stayed on the planeswalker, but this one sounded so interesting.
1: Yeah, it is very interesting. I like a lot of things that are going on here. The fact that it gives all your uh tokens haste is okay, kind yeah. of a big deal because you know me, I don't like to have to st- play something, and then cross my fingers and hope I can untap and do things. Yeah,
0: if you're doing crazy stuff, you want to use that crazy stuff I want to be
1: like, this turn, I can use it. Yeah. And haste kind of gives you that. And also, this is a way to sort of cheat things, right? So, Brutaclad already makes a (laughs) 2-1 blue mirror token, right? So, when you play it, at the beginning of combat, you're always going to make one token. Yeah. And at the very least, if you had a bunch of other little tokens, you could turn them all into two ones. That's a little bit of yeah. pumping there. So you
0: can double the power on MERS or servos or something, Doctors like, that. Or something Doctors. like that. Yeah, okay.
1: But if you have like one big token, you can turn all your tokens into that. And even if you only have like one other token, at least Cloud makes the two one mirror, so you get a second Token
0: interesting. So if you have like a precursor golem, and you have just a three three golem Then suddenly it's a little bit of an upgrade
1: but making a three three golem kind of basically in that yeah. instance
0: So but you're probably talking about like even bigger
1: more impactful tokens than that I mean we want to make some huge awesome tokens that are going to like have a huge impact on the board and we want to have a Lot more tokens out when we do it. So instead of making a pre or you know one extra precursor golem We're gonna make you know nine extra of something better than that. So wow. Yeah, So, it's kind of like, when I looked at this, I was thinking, this commander has a three-step plan. Okay. It's kind of three simple steps, right? Step one... Make a bunch of small tokens.
0: Makes sense. We want to go wide first, so that we can have a, a big amount of team. You know what I mean? A big right. team. A bunch that of we tokens can you can turn into, into something. something. Yeah. yeah. If
1: you just if you just make one big token and turn one thing into that, that's not that great. Still
0: good, but we'd rather have like seven or eight of them.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think you know I was calculating this on a modest proposal of having like five or six. Okay. If you have ten, that's great, but it just feels like if that's your plan and that has to happen for you to win, that's less realistic than if I have four or five tokens out, that sounds like something that's attainable, achievable. So if
0: we have five tokens, we don't care what they are. That's step one.
1: Yeah, that's step one. So step two is then you make one big token and you turn all your small tokens into a copy of that.
0: So you need a big token and you also need your general to cause the copy effect to go off.
1: Right. And step three is get value or win now. Don't...
0: Step step three sounds great, it's just like, and win.
1: But make sure what you're copying and what you're doing is something that you immediately get paid back for right then. Hmm. Again, this was something we've hit on the show many times, that crossing of fingers, waiting to untap, hoping that at that point it's gonna pay off, that's too risky. I need When I do this and haste is on the card, I want to get my value and or win, be very explosive right now when the thing's happening. So let's talk about step one which is make a bunch of little tokens. And I, I put down five to six tokens. Be realistic. Let's be realistic, <laughs> everybody. If you if you can make 50, that's great. So the first one I'm going to talk about is one of the tempt cards. And the one Temp card we always talk about is the green one. We never talk about the rest of them. But this is a spot where I believe it will be correct to play one of the other ones. You want to read it?
0: I, I love this card. Yeah. I, I love it. In token making, I love it in Perforos. It's oh, tempt Perforos. with vengeance.
1: It's, it's in Perforos, it's ridiculous. Yeah,
0: tempt with vengeance. It's it's just so efficient at putting tokens out, and that's exactly what we want to do here. Tempt with vengeance is X and a red for a sorcery. It is a tempting offer. Put X11 one, one red elemental creature tokens with haste onto the battlefield. Each opponent may put X11 one, one red elemental creature tokens with haste onto the battlefield. For each player who does, put X11 one, one red elemental creature tokens with haste onto the battlefield. We repeat this thing over and over again, but the concept is way easier. Uh, I'm going to put five, I'm going to spend six mana total to put five 1-1 one, one red elemental creature tokens with haste on the battlefield. Uh, do you want five of those? If you do, then I get an additional five. We go on to the next person. Do you want five of those? If you do, then I get an additional five. And so for every person that takes up you up on your offer, you get even more tokens. Yeah. And by the way, if you're playing against this, you don't take the Tempting Offer.
1: You should never ever do it, basically, because whatever deck is playing that card is going to take advantage of tokens more than you. <laughs> Could
0: probably. you imagine if everyone took your Tempting Offer? They're like, I like one ones, and you're like, Jokes on you! My one ones are
1: huge. <laughs> but if you play Tempt with Vengeance, you really want to be in a situation where you're happy with, you know, just getting the five.
0: And I'm, I think we're happy with just we're, getting the five.
1: Yeah, I think we're perfectly happy with that. So, and then if you happen to get more you're you're sitting even better and you're even more happy. Absolutely. Uh another one and this is something to really pay attention to about Brutaclad, is it doesn't actually care what types of tokens the tokens are. So, you can do weird things like turn your non-creature tokens into a creature or turn your creature tokens into a non-creature if as long as both are tokens. So, Wow, that's really
0: interesting. I didn't think about that angle. I was always thinking about, you know, small creature tokens into big creature tokens. Right.
1: And and creature tokens can be more vulnerable than non-creature tokens. Because there's just more stuff that wipes away all creatures. Wrath of Mm -hmm. God, Supreme Verdicts, Toxic Delusions and stuff. And so I think a way to get around that might be to create a bunch of non-creature tokens and they're sort of more safe. And then when you go for your plan of like, now I turn all my non-creature tokens into some crazy creature and attack with it right now, they didn't have as much of an opening to wipe everything away. So one of the cards I really like is Brass's Bounty. It's six in a red it's a sorcery it says for each land you control create a colorless treasure artifact token with tap and sacrifice this artifact add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So if you 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 know you're playing it for 7 you hopefully have about 7 lands you get at least 7 treasures. Wow. Those are tokens that are sitting there to be turned into, you know, something else by Brutaclad. I got to say it that way every time now. <laughs> um also we're flexible, right? Because I can use those treasure tokens for mana. Yeah. So if I need two or three mana to do something else, I can I can, you know, keep three or four around, but do something else. It it creates a nice flexible situation that I like.
0: Yeah, I like that too. What other tokens are we are we talking about here?
1: Okay, so there's other tokens there's other things that create treasure tokens like spell swindle, which seems really, really good in the deck. Spell swindle is three and two blue, you counter target spell and then whatever the CMC of that spell was, you make that many treasure tokens.
0: Fixed Mana Drain.
1: Fixed Mana Drain, which is still broken. <laughs>
0: which is still broken. And in this deck, you get to really weaponize those treasure tokens. Treasure tokens? Yep, treasure, treasure tokens. tokens. And
1: so huh. that could be a thing that actually helps you cast brutoclad on the following turn and you know, make your big token and still have some tokens left over to turn into the big thing. Spells one is really the full package all by itself. I can see
0: both of these feeding into your last ability where it's like, you need to be explosive. You need to win. Now having that extra mana and those tokens really helps you get to that third step.
1: Yep. Another uh, card and another token type. That's non creature that I like in this deck. This is confirm suspicions. You want to read it?
0: Confirm suspicions is three blue blue for an instant counter target spell. Uh, investigate three times.
1: So investigate creates three clue tokens and the clues have you pay to sacrifice them and draw a card.
0: This again, feels like spell swindle. And again, you have some clue tokens that you can turn into
1: big beater creatures. And again, they're versatile because clue tokens can be sacrificed to draw cards. Mm-hmm. So my, my stuff that's synergizing with clad is also my mana ramp and my card draw. And I really like that type of synergy, that type of overlap when I'm deck building, because it gives me a lot of ways to pivot depending on how the game's going. I might need more cards. It might not be time or it might not be like great at this moment based on what's going on for me to go for my big explosive win. I might want to just like turn into a little bit more grindy for a little bit or I might want to play something else, you know, a board wipe or a cyclonic rift a little early and I'm going to sacrifice some tokens to do that, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, we
0: all know that Josh isn't going to save up these tokens. He's just going to crack the clues and draw the cards.
1: <laughs> We're going to be like, wait a second! You're project, supposed to save Josh these so you can combo can draw cards now. And Josh, is like,
0: draw card, draw card. <laughs> but wait a second, are you cracking treasures to draw more cards? You need those cl- tokens.
1: Listen, I'm going to turn all my treasures into clue tokens. <laughs> Then I can draw all the cards. This is great. <laughs> I'm upgrading those treasures because notice Brutaclad, again can turn any of your all of your tokens into any one token. So I can. You know what
0: turn- you said that earlier yeah. and like it didn't even register. Now that you can just change things into so many other things. It's like treasures go into creatures, but also treasures go into other clues and crack them. Servos turning into. clues
1: into treasure tokens or clues. They turn into cards, basically. Yeah, that, I think that right there changes the outlook of what this whole deck is because when you first look at it, you're like, okay, tokens go wide, got it. Not that exciting. But now, like all this versatility of like, nope, I turn all my tokens into my card draw. Nope, I turn it all into my ramp. Makes it really exciting. Okay. Uh Uh-oh,
0: Josh, Josh just got a sad look on his face. He just, he leaned for hunched a little bit and now he's breathing heavily.
1: Okay, so this was DJ suggested this card, and I really didn't want to include it, but he's right; it should be in the deck. But I have to eat a. Li- I got a little. I got to eat crow a little bit. A little bit.
0: I'm liking this moment right now. <laughs> this is great. So I need to make this my ringtone. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs>
1: Jeez. <laughs> okay, so last year's Commander product, 2017, there was a cycle of curse cards. And at the time those curses came out, there was a lot of people saying, because they were templated a little bit differently than curses in the past, where you curse somebody and that person is cursed, but every time they get attacked, you get the benefit also. So like I get a benefit if I attack DJ if he's cursed, but then if Jimmy attacks DJ, I still get a little bit of the benefit, which A, we kind of messed up when we played it on Game Nights. And B, I still poo-pooed pretty hard and said, "Was listen, these these curse cards are not that good. Even though a lot of people at the time were saying, they're good, you can play them. I still feel like I'm right. I haven't seen these cards around a lot. However, however. He still feels like he's right, but. This is a huge <laughs> caveat. Okay, whatever. But however, this deck is the deck for one of those curses. It is the Curse of Opulence. So. It's
0: Mr. Moneybags. Pssh.
1: Yeah, so this is one red mana for an enchantment or a curse you enchant player whenever enchanted player is attacked Create a colorless artifact token named gold it has sacrifice this artifact add one mana of any color to your mana pool each opponent Attacking that player does the same so if I attack if I curse DJ and I attack DJ I get a gold but if any other player attacks DJ they get a gold and I get a gold
0: That sounds pretty good Josh
1: it sounds amazing in this deck. It is one red mana. It
0: does sound amazing, yeah. doesn't it? This curse sounds so good. In this deck. I just think that these curses... Well, you were... weren't even on the show then. I don't know why you feel... Okay. I kind of like, like curses. I think they're political. I think that they can sometimes like turn people against other you people. You don't
1: play curses, DJ. I've played against you a bunch of times. You've never pulled out a curse. You like the idea I, of them. I have this 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 specific okay, this curse
0: one. in that uh, Mardu artifacts deck.
1: In all of the... Yeah, that makes sense sense. Of all the curses, the Curse of Opulence is the best one. But anyway, okay. I'm admitting. I'm admitting. We put it in this deck, and it does have a place in some decks. It's pretty good here. Because if you get... It's one red mana. If you get three or four... Oh, if you get three or four, it's great. Gold tokens. That just gets you to... I said we have modest hopes. (laughs) Five or six tokens when we play our general. This will get you there all by itself, maybe. By
0: the way, I will attack that person and get ramp. and I don't care if I give you a gold. I'm going to get the ramp and get the damage crossed.
1: Yep, exactly. Okay. So... Oh, there's one other interesting non-creature <laughs> token creator uh, that I want to talk about.
0: It's Bloodforged Battleaxe. One mana for an artifact equipment, equipped creature gets plus two plus... Oh, it has a equip of two.
1: Okay. okay. So it's a one mana, two equip. It, it does give a, a power boost, but who cares? Here, the next part's the really...
0: Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, create a token that's a copy of Bloodforged Battleaxe.
1: So you're a token deck, too. So you're going to have creatures just lying around that aren't worth very much to you that you can swing in with. A power boost is good. And then this battle axe starts doubling itself. And the thing is, when the second one gets made, you can attach the second one, and now you swing and you're making two...
0: So you go from one to two two to four four to eight
1: depending you have to pay the equip cost so it starts getting a little dicey but i think once you've got two on one creature and you're swinging and making two more you could just let those tokens sit there just waiting to be turned into clues treasure or some crazy big creature that brutaclad's gonna make so i really like this as another way that if somebody board wipes it's probably not going to hit your battle axes. Josh,
0: is there ever a scenario where you turn all of your creatures just into Bloodforged Battle Axes to try and, you like, would need, to try what's, and equip what's, up so what's much one of, stuff? You need Let's say that there's five. You, need you know, what? know what I mean? We have five in the Bloodforged Battle Axe, so that's six of these things. That's You 12 need 12 mana. Uh, 12 mana. You just put it all on Broodaclad. <laughs> and then suddenly you double up the Bloodforged Battle Axes again. And you go, I'm
1: attacking you with my Bloodforged <laughs> <Here's> Battle Axe. <laughs> There's um, got
0: to be it. And then you sure. Voltron kill them.
1: I'm never going to say... I'm never, We've come
0: full circle. <laughs>
1: you did, everything can't be <laughs> Voltron. Okay, so...
0: You have 12 Bloodforged. No, you have 12 blood. mana.
1: <laughs> like, how are you... You need one of those creatures that allows you to equip for free. Otherwise, you can't do that.
0: Well, it's not very good. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, but the card is the card is good. Just the scenario is bad.
1: And then, of course, you do want some <laughs> creatures in the deck that can create uh, tokens on their own. So Maloku's is a really good one. That's four and a blue for a 2-4. But... You pl- with flying, you pay one and you return a land you control to its owner's hand and put a 1-1 uh, blue illusion creature with flying onto the battlefield. So, Moloku allows you to pay one, bounce the land that you tapped, and make a 1-1 uh, token that's that's got flying. And this is just a way to quickly get a bunch of tokens out right before Brutaclad becomes activated and you do the thing where you turn them all into one big thing.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit all in. Yeah. Uh, but I've seen Maloku do some crazy explosive stuff. And again, that feeds into your part three of do it all right now, win right now.
1: Right. And there's a there's there's a couple more. Siege Gang Commander, Emrakul's Hatcher, and Hanvir Garrison. Hatcher's a little bit better, I think, than the other two because it creates... Um, S- Scions or spawn? spawns, spawns—they can be tapped for mana, so they're kind of like sacrificed for sacrifice mana. Sacrificed for mana. Yeah. Sorry, they're the
0: zero-one Eldrazi spawns, and you can sacrifice it a static colorless mana to your mana
1: pool. But these are all creatures that create tokens in some way, and one of the reasons you do want a lot of your token creators to be on creatures is because the way that I decided to create that one big token that we're going to turn all of our other tokens into is actually with clone tokens. Interesting. And so the plan is to use there's a whole bunch of uh token creators in blue that make a clone of a creature but it's a token clone right it's like create
0: because you need it to be a, a token, token in order to sort of mirror this across your whole team.
1: Right. And what okay. I what I wanna do is in a bad case scenario where I'm not I'm off my plan, my three step plan, I can at least clone Emmercull's Hatcher, Siege Gang Commander, Maloku, something. Maloku's bad legendary. Um Henry garrison something and and still make my clone be worth something.
0: Well, Henry garrison would be great because right. as it attacks, it creates Makes two. M- more things. So if you have
1: two of them, it's making four. Yeah, that's that yeah. can get out of control. I just want the ability for my clone token makers to target, you know, something that does something when it enters the battlefield. So all these uh, token creators count as that, even though that's that's not what I want to do. What I want to do is, is clone something awesome that I'm going to turn all the tokens into, but... We know, Commander, just doesn't go according to plan. I need plan B. I need plan C. I need to be able to turn all my tokens into treasure or or um, clues to draw cards or ramp into something sometimes. But the main plan still is what we said, make uh, all the random tokens into something awesome. So let's talk about the clone token creators.
0: So we're talking about the big, the big token that we want. Right the, now. Well, this is the impactful big token.
1: This is going to make the big token. We'll okay. talk in a minute about what we want to clone, but right now these are the things that will do the cloning. Okay. Okay. So there's kind of three: Dance of Many, Cackling Counterpart, and Faded Infatuation. These are the sort of staple three dance. Of, you want it to cost very little.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, dance of Many is blue, blue. In Faded Infatuation, blue, blue, blue. And <laughs> Cackling Counterpart is blue, blue, and one. Now, each one has its own advantage. Dance of many costs the least. The other two are instants. Ooh, okay. And the instant speed thing is really important because you're going to want to be super explosive. So the, the play pattern I see is I've done one of these early things that's made four, five, six tokens, so they're out on the board.
0: I got a few treasures. I got a few Eldrazi scions or something like that.
1: Right. Now I play a creature that I want to make a clone token of. Something cool. But everyone's looking around. They're like, well... Brutaclad's not out, and he doesn't have a token that he wants to turn all those little tokens into, so he's not scary.
0: They see a bunch of useless stuff, and, and then, then they, they one see decent... one cool creature. Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay. But there's no way on the board, obviously, to turn all those tokens into that creature, because it's not even a token. And then on the end step before my turn, that's Cackling Counterpart or Fate Infatuation, because those only cost three mana, mm. I flash one of those out, make a token copy of the awesome creature. And then on that turn, I play brutoclad make wow. the thing, and that's the play pattern that I really want.
0: And then suddenly you have all of your pieces. You have your commander, which is key. You have your copy of the big awesome creature, and then you have all the trash that then gets upgraded to that big awesome creature token.
1: And it all has haste. Not that it all needs it, but you know the, the mere token that Brutoclad makes will turn into the awesome creature. Right. And that could be a big game-winning swing. Maybe you don't actually kill everybody on that swing, but you get enough value right there that you're hard to... To sort of overcome and and dance of many is not an instant. It's two blue mana though, so you that's can play so that cheap. in the yeah. same turn that you play. Yeah, if you're Brutaclad. playing it
0: in this turn, Brutaclad, I'm sorry, blue <laughs> is six mana. So you do really like you said, you really want it to be as cheap as possible. Right. So just being blue blue isn't that big of a of a damage.
1: Right. You like need eight mana now.
0: Yeah, eight mana is doable.
1: Right. Exactly. So that's kind of th- that's why those three are the best. But there are you know a number of token clone creators in the deck to have because if you only have three you're just not going to get it enough You you need other options so here's a new one this
0: is a new one this one's awesome arcane artisan two and a blue for a zero three human wizard for two and a blue and tap target player draws a card then exiles a card from their hand if a creature card is exiled this way that player creates a token that's a copy of that card when arcane artisan leaves the battlefield exile all tokens created with it at the beginning of the next end step so this can really just create that token out of nowhere because it just has to be on the battlefield and honestly they don't know what you're gonna create. And then boom, you discard, you exile that crazy card and suddenly you have a token copy of it.
1: Yep, and you can do it on your end step to sort of get that mana advantage going into your turn before you play brutoclad So this is an explosive way to do it. It's a little more transparent. People can see it's coming uh, more than Cackling counterpart and stuff because it is on the battlefield, but still, there's just a tendency in EDH and Commander to sort of disc. You know, that's a lot of pieces to put together in your head to be like, well, they're about to do this thing. I think until you've done it a couple of times, your opponents aren't going to give you credit for it. Yeah,
0: one thing that I like is that it does say that you get rid of that token at the beginning of your next end step. Yeah. Sometimes you you're planning this where you only need one turn. Right. So a lot of times they'll be like, well. I'll maybe kill your, ideas, your Dance of Many. Dance yeah. of Many is an enchantment, right? Yes. So they could kill your Dance of Many and then turn kind off of turn off your whole thing. If they kill this creature, you're like, well, okay, I'll get rid of it at the end of the I turn. I still get
1: my token until beginning yeah. of the next end step. Beginning yeah. of the
0: next end step, that's all you need.
1: Yeah. Uh, another one is Sahili Rai. That's the not the new Sahili. This is the old Sahili. She's one blue red for a three-mana Planeswalker, or sorry, three loyalty Planeswalker. It's her negative two that we're really looking at here. And this is the cat combo ability. So you create a token that's a copy of target artifact or creature you control, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. That token gains haste and you exile it at the beginning of the next end step. So this is another three mana sorcery speed, um, Sword of Arcane Artisan, Faded Infatuation, that kind of thing. It's exactly what you want. Yeah. So you just make a copy and you turn all. And, and remember, she says exile that token at the beginning of the next end step. That doesn't mean when you turn all your other tokens into it oh it doesn't get exiled something we didn't mention about Bruderclad that we should have is when you turn each of your tokens into one of your tokens they stay that way they
0: stay that way it's not
1: until end of turn yeah so uh, so often these effects
0: are like at the end of turn because then it's, it's hard to track you yes. know what i mean but now everything just gets to be awesome
1: yeah wow so a few other ones and i'll just go through them quickly zinder splits judgment is a good one where you create a token copy and then bounce something from everybody else. You can let them have tokens. Sure, you could. But you can not, make friends. <laughs> <you're not laughs> uh, Mirror Pool is a land that makes a underrated token. Underrated land. This is a very uh, another card I mentioned. I've mentioned in an underrated episode before. This card has won me games before. If you're not playing in a deck, you're doing it wrong. But it, you can pay for and a colorless sacrifice the land and put a token on the battlefield. That's a copy of target creature you control. There's also. Flame Shadow Conjuring. This is one of the ones you suggested. This thing is actually really sweet. It's even better than Arcane Artisans because this is a one mana version of what Sahili Rai is doing, right? You want to read it?
0: Yeah, let's go for it. Flame Shadow Conjuring, three and a red for an enchantment. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay red. If you do, put a token that's a copy, uh, put a token on the battlefield that's a copy of that creature. That token gains haste, exile at the beginning of the next end step. So you play your awesome creature, you just pay a single red and suddenly you have that token copy. And you don't care if it's gone at your end step because you only need that one turn.
1: You turned all of your other tokens into that token copy and only that one goes away at the next end step. The rest stay as that thing. I'm
0: getting more and more excited to find out what we're getting like ten, five, ten 10 copies of.
1: We're almost there. There's (laughs) one more sort of token cloner or clone tokener, however we want to word it. (laughs) Uh, And it's fairy artisans. And this is another one that you suggested, DJ. So it's three in a blue for a tutu with flying a fairy artificer. It says, and this one's a little different. So all those other ones basically copy a creature you control. you You can't, with most of them, copy somebody else's stuff which is fine because I want control of what I'm getting because I want s- very specific things. However, it is nice to have something like Fairy Artisans out, which just will incidentally maybe get me a cool token that I can take advantage of. Mm. And because there's no further uh, mana investment... Well, let me read it. It says, Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under an opponent's control, create a token that's a copy of that creature, except it's an artifact in addition to its other types. Then exile all other tokens created by Fairy Artisans. So... Somebody plays a creature, you get a token copy of it. But then somebody plays another creature, you get a token copy of the new one and the old one goes away. And that just keeps happening for every creature that's played. One of the great things about it, you mentioned, you just get all the enter the battlefield effects that your opponents have because anytime they play a creature with an ETB, you make a token and you get that ETB too. But more than anything, you're just always going to have a token creature on the battlefield that's going to be better than a 2-1 mirror, a 1-1 treasure, a servo... A spawn token right and so at the very least you can turn all your stuff into that people just don't play creatures in edh that aren't good people play
0: cool creatures yeah i'm excited to see what cool creatures you can get and then you can engineer scenarios in this deck with fairy artisans that you couldn't get with anything else playing weird stuff outside of your color pie yeah imagine if someone plays an eldrazi
1: yeah, you're just going to turn all your things into Eldrazi. I
0: mean, imagine if they play something else really cool with a, an attack trigger. I mean, we're going to talk about the cool stuff that we can make, and Fairy Artisan can make literally any creature.
1: Yep. So Fairy Artisan, very fun. I think it's going to be one of the, the more fun cards in the deck, just as what do I get, and then can I MacGyver that into my win condition, even though my deck's plan is to use one of the ones that's already in there. Oh, no, I'll just use yours because yours is pretty sweet, and I can do it right now. Okay, so you said you were excited for what are we gonna clone? So this is the stuff to clone categories, category. Okay, so here's the thing to realize about Brutaclad. So at the beginning of your upkeep, you make the 2-1 blue blue mirror uh, token, and then you choose a token you control. And if you do, each other token you control becomes a copy of that token. That's the text on Brutaclad. Here's the thing, the tokens are turning into one token, right? You got some treasure, you got some clues, you got a couple of servos, and then you have one clone token that you made of something. And all of your tokens are turning into that clone, but they're not entering the battlefield. They're not leaving and coming back. They're just still there. And so that limits us because normally you could be like, oh, well, let's do. You want to do Mold Drifter? Yeah, Mold Drifter, <laughs> acidic slime, and start shooting everybody's, you know, enchantments and artifacts and stuff. Or let's do something awesome with a really crazy Under the Battlefield effect. You can't do that because they don't enter the battlefield now those they've are they've
0: been there and they just whoop change
1: now those yeah. are good with your clone tokens but they yeah. don't synergize with brutoclad so what we're looking for is things that give you value now but aren't enter the battlefield now haste does help with this it does allow you to, to to sort of have creatures that say when they attack or when they maybe when they deal combat damage maybe because you can do that now with your tokens with brutoclad. Usually I don't like relying on combat, but because I don't have to wait for untapped because of the haste thing, mm-hmm. I'll allow it. But also we want um, death triggers. Those are still going to oh, go off. Oh, yeah. And leave the battlefield is, I think, really the best one, depending on what the, what the uh, effect is, because that's just almost impossible for your opponents to get around. So let's talk about some of the stuff that we want to clone. And again, if you can, you want it to be cheap, because remember... The goal is to play that and clone it in the same turn then play, you know, at the end of the turn, then play yeah. You're trying to look for high impact stuff that if you make a ton of it is going to be really good, but it's CMC is low. Mm-hmm. Not all this stuff is CMC is low, but, you know, we don't want, like, in our dreams, we're cloning... Uh, you know, I can don't I, know. Can
0: I clone Nulamog? Yeah. And, and then then when they had attacks, it just exiles people's libraries. <laughs> yeah. Just totally. If
1: it that betrays or something. like It seems like it. Well, we'll that's clone, a good one, cloning too. Cloning Nulamog is a legendary, so that wouldn't work. But it, oh, that betrays. Oh, dang it. I wanted yeah. to. <laughs> but it that betrays or something. Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. But you can't get a 12 mana spell out and clone it in the same turn, probably. That's just less likely to happen. So what can we do in the lower CMC range that's more realistic? Okay. Uh, this is a really good one.
0: Uh, I like this card too. Yeah. Reform. Three and a blue for a zero one worm. Just four mana, zero. Four one. Mana Josh, zero what are you doing? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> when reform dies, create a three three blue fish creature token. With when this creature dies, create a six six blue whale creature token. With when this creature dies, create a nine nine blue kraken creature token.
1: So every time it dies, it gets bigger it's a russian bigger.
0: nesting doll of the sea
1: yes it's a nesting doll It's exactly yeah. what it is so here's the thing it it synergizes so well in the deck because you can clone it make a token of it even as a reform turn all of your tokens into reforms they have the text when it dies create a thing with when it dies create a thing with when it dies eventually grow into a nine nine or you can play reform out not clone it hope it dies, it can slowly become the big token that you're going to turn all your other tokens into.
0: And then you don't even need a copy effect. You don't need a token maker effect because it just turns into the right token.
1: Once it's a 6-6 or a 9-9, you can just play Brutaclad, turn all your stuff into 9-9s and then attack. And that's fine too.
0: Wow. I even like the 6-6s because you turn everything into a 6-6. That's significant. And And then if they have any answers, they die. You're like, upgrade.
1: Yep, all the cl- all the clone tokens will get that text and then upgrade. Wow, so pretty good. And you, they're still all tokens, so you just you can turn it into something else if something better comes along. I really like that card. Another one similar to your new Lamog, or still it Sad. that betrays. I'm
0: I'm happy about it that betrays
1: this, but this is twelve mana. This is similar but a lot less mana. So it's Bane of Balaged. It's seven mana for a seven five. It's an Eldrazi. It says, whenever Bane of Balagad attacks, defending player exiles two permanents he or she controls. So it has mm-hmm. sort of Annihilator too. Annihilator is, dist- is sacrifice, right? Yeah. Uh, this is exile, but whatever. It's, it's basically the same thing. But here's the thing if I can turn six or seven tokens into Bane of Balagad with haste, swing out, I'm going to cripple the board because that's 14, 16 permanents they have to exile.
0: I think you've hit on a good point because I think a lot of people are going to jump to the big things like the Ipeth that, that betrays that you mentioned, the Desolation Twin that yep. creates that 10-10 token. You're like, what's the biggest token? And then you, you search for it and you throw it in the deck. I actually like this approach better because you're way more likely to, to engineer it because just you, it's hard to get to that Top tier of mana, and cast your commander, and have all of those tokens out on the battlefield at the same time. I think this is smart.
1: Yeah, so that's really one of the big goals is to make myself safer against you know some kind of disruption mm-hmm. and make it lower to the ground as far as mana cost.
0: Another great dies trigger is on Worm Coil Engine. 6 mana for a 6-6 six, six worm, it's an artifact creature. It has death touch, it has lifelink, and when Worm Coil Engine dies, create a 3-3 three, three colorless worm artifact creature token with death touch, and a 3-3 three, three colorless worm artifact creature token with lifelink.
1: So I really like this one, because if they do Wrath, you basically double your tokens on the field. Oh my In which gosh. case, if you can do the, you know, if you can somehow, being a Balagued now, you have twice as many things. So they actually put themselves in a really tough position.
0: That's crazy, you're right. Now, here's a real question. Let's say that this happens, you magically have a bunch of worm coils, they wrath, then you double up and get all those those three threes. Are you gonna turn them all into a death touch? You're gonna turn them all into life links? Or would you just keep them mixed death touch life? Length? Yeah,
1: it just depends on the board there. If there's any blockers, I might death touch. If it, I might keep them mixed. It, that way I have choices. If I, my life is low, I could go all lifelinks. I, I, That's kind
0: of cool too. Yeah. And, and I, especially because we have the ability to add on with other little tokens. We got the big tokens here. These 3-3 three, three worms are definitely sizable.
1: I think there might be times too when I turn them all into clue tokens or I turn them all into treasures to sort of protect them. Like oh. there's like maybe maybe it was modest and I got, you know, I have eight of them. And I'm just like, that's not enough to do a lot. And I, it smells like somebody else is going to pernicious D. De- well, that won't work because they'll get rid of the. Yeah. The you see tokens. the board yeah. white
0: coming down the road. You're like, I need to know. I'll just I need cash a couple of these in for cards
1: the- or I'll, I'll protect them over here as treasure tokens. And then later turn them back into creatures if I can and get some value out of them that way. And I think that's one of the ways Brutaclad can be used. Brutaclad can be used. That's really interesting. Okay, here's a cool one. Brood birth viper. Four and a blue for a 3-3 three, three, snake with myriad. So myriad is when this creature attacks for each opponent other than the defending player, you may put a token that's a copy of this creature onto the battlefield tapped and attacking that player or a planeswalker here she controls and then you exile that token at the end of combat. And then Broodbirth Viper says whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you may draw a card. So Hmm. the play pattern, again, let's say you have five tokens. You make a token copy of Broodbirth Viper. On your end step, Bru Viper is like not that threatening to people. They're like, okay, it's mildly annoying, but it's not like a must kill, right? Yeah. On your end step, I mean, it
0: easily because di- it's a it's, it's a three a three. Yeah. So most
1: people can block it. Maybe they take one hit. It's three damage. You draw one card. Not the worst. Mm-hmm. And then you go on end step. I'm gonna I'm going to Cackling Counterpart make the token of it. And then on my turn, I'm gonna play Brutoclad. Oh and now I make gosh. the mirror token. And now i may, I have seven. I turn you know I have six tokens and the big token. And I make it so I have seven Broodbirth Vipers. So when I attack now, that makes seven <laughs> tokens <laughs> for each opponent that I'm not attacking. And so, and then I draw a card for each of the ones that connects. Oh, my gosh. And so all of a sudden, this is a draw like 15, 20 cards.
0: That's crazy. Right. That just refills
1: everything. And insulates me from the inevitable Cyclonic Rift, Wrath of God, whatever that's probably going to happen after I do that once. And people go, holy crap, don't let him do that again. And now I've got a ton of cards in my hand, and I'm probably mostly fine. And I did a bunch of damage.
0: One of the great things, by the way, that, that you should learn from Josh is that Josh initially was thinking about things that made tokens and ran across Myriad. And we were thinking about creating that token of the Viper. And you might think, well, it doesn't work because the Viper has to attack, and this thing triggers the beginning of combat. Right. So a lot of people would just be like, it doesn't work and leave it alone. But Josh thought, well, wait a second. This is actually just so good in this deck. We're already copying things. It's already so good. And so don't immediately dismiss cards when it doesn't at first work in your strategy. So he was brewing and figuring things out and it didn't work at first. And then took a step back and is like, well, actually, this is real. This is really good. This is really strong. This is really powerful. And so it's just kind of a life lesson when it comes to brewing about, you know, even if things don't work out exactly like you wanted at first, take a step back and you might find something great.
1: And notice that we didn't, we're not including the red one. So the mm. red one is just a, a big creature with haste. First of all, Bruteclad gives haste, so the haste is not that useful to us. Second of all, it doesn't do anything when it hits. If you it was the bo- cards. if it was the black one that made people discard cards, <laughs> I would play that because obviously we don't have black in the deck, so we can't. But remember what I said. Remember what was part of the third step in the plan. It was have a big effect and get value now. Don't wait. Don't cross your fingers to untap. Just That's just a good rule in Commander. I want all of my plans to include an outcome that if I'm doing it now, then it's happening now. And even if they deal with it, I've gained a, a substantial advantage. They've discarded a lot of cards. I've drawn a lot of cards. I've made my creatures so that if they die, something happens. I've made them ex- exile a bunch of their permanents. Okay, we have a few more left here. The next two are pretty similar. If you think about this one, it actually, these can go infinite. It just depends on the board state. Yeah. Okay, so.
0: It's Combat Celebrant. Two and a red for a four one human warrior. If Combat Celebrant hasn't been exerted this turn, you may exert it as it attacks. When you do, untap all other creatures you control, and after this phase, there's an additional combat phase.
1: So, you might be thinking, oh, Combat Celebrant says if it hasn't been exerted this turn, so you can't exert it again. So even if I make five copies of it Mm -hmm. and attack, I exert all of them. I get five more combat phases after this. But remember, on the next combat phase, Brutaclad says, at the beginning of combat on your turn, create a 2-1 blue mirror token. That 2-1 becomes a combat celebrant, which can now have haste, because Brutaclad gives haste, and can exert. And now I've got... Five more because I just had five and I just created one more. And so if you have a free attack on somebody, you're gonna you're gonna be able to kill them by just creating every of those new combats, a new two one that becomes a combat celebrant that exerts. That's an infinite turn loop you can get into. You can also do it with Scourge of the Throne, which is four red red for a five five dragon with dethrone, and whenever. It attacks for the first time each turn. If it's attacking the player with the most life or tied for the most life, you untap all attacking creatures, and after this combat phase, there's an additional combat phase. Plus, with the dethrone, it's going to get bigger. Now, this one, you have to be attacking the player with the most life, but what happens is you attack with so many that you just save up the extra turns, right? So one swing is at you, and I get six extra turns because that's how many dragons I have. Wow. If that doesn't kill you, I kill you with the next one, and I make a new one. And then I attack the next player. And so you're ne-
0: you're using up your combat phases, but it doesn't matter because you're killing someone. And then when you need to attack someone again with an actual def- th- throne, you throw it at the highest life total again.
1: Yeah, exactly. So wow. Scourge is really, really good. And then I those are all great. But this is actually what I think is the best one. Uh, and when we were talking, because it has a leaves the battlefield trigger, and that's just almost impossible. Like if it has a dies trigger... Merciless eviction or terminus, terminus, they're gonna ruin your day a little bit. Yeah, you know maybe you got there's gonna be some sacrifice outlets in the deck, so maybe you can get some value and stuff. But it's it's not as good. If you have warm coil engine and they play terminus, even with a sacrifice effect out, you turn them all into three threes and then die to merciless eviction. So it doesn't oh, yeah. it doesn't work that great. Yeah. Um, so this one has leaves the battlefield. Go ahead.
0: This card is mean.
1: It's just a very good it's card in general. Card. Yeah.
0: Never maker. Three and a blue for a 2-3 elemental with flying when Nevermaker leaves play. Put target non-land permanent on top of its owner's library.
1: On top of its owner's library? It it also
0: has evoke for three and a blue. I don't think we're going to be evoking this, though. I think we want this on the battlefield. I think we want it copied. And I think we want five or six copies of this ridiculous creature.
1: If you have that many, anybody that board wipes is going to lose.
0: You basically just say, like, I I have this on-board Cyclonic Rift that's also attacking you in the air.
1: It's better than Cyclonic Rift, too. It's to the top of their library. It's to the top of the library. <laughs> it screws up your draws oh forever. Oh, my gosh. You yeah. just
0: get buried under this thing.
1: And the great thing about Nevermaker is they're going to be scared to board wipe, which means on the very next turn, if you have Tempt with Vengeance or something, you can now... Be f- free to go out and just. So this Make is. Even
0: bore Nevermaker. This is the oh one gosh. where you
1: your modest five to six could become 20, in which case you just. It's going to be very hard to lose that game. Like, they're going to have to, like, kill you some way that doesn't go through the creatures. So uh, I like that card a lot. And I think that any of those clones will work, but Nevermaker is probably my favorite one that I'm going to be able to set up, I hope. To just, just get, to like, 10 or 12 stuff, out yeah. and just be like, okay, do what. You, if you guys want to. If you want a Cyclonic I'm, I'm just Rift gonna or pop whatever. You in the air, you yeah. know what I mean? Two two yeah. two <laughs> if you want a cyclonic rift it's fine we gonna just get gonna
0: out a few more nevermakers <laughs> two 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 just a few more it's fine this isn't getting out of hand oh jeez uh
1: and so there's another card i want to talk about i just put it in like a, the fun stuff category this this does synergize with the deck and this is a dj card for sure i don't i don't tend to like alternate wind conditions but if ever there was a deck for this card this is probably it it's, uh, go ahead, this, this is for uh, you, yeah, DJ yeah. So
0: I like this. It's mechanized production. Two blue blue for an enchantment aura. Enchant artifact you control. At the beginning of your upkeep, create a token that's a copy of enchanted artifact. It's what you want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Then if you control eight or more artifacts with the same name as one another, you win the game. By the way, Josh, one thing that's really important about this is that it doesn't have to be the exact same artifact that this is enchanting.
1: Yeah, it doesn't care where that thing came from as long as it has the same name. Yeah, so
0: literally you transform everything into something better and they all have the same name. ta cha Treasure,
1: Clue, Gold, Thopter, Servo. Those are all artifacts. Honestly, Those you are all could tokens.
0: create this many treasures oh, just to win the game easily. Yeah. And just play this and be like, yep, deal with it.
1: A little bit of the problem is timing because Brutoclad oh, you can do mirror tokens and artifacts too. Brutoclad does this at combat and mechanized production goes off at upkeep. Uh, so Yeah, it
0: goes against your I want to win right now. Yeah,
1: but it's still going to create a token and also like... It's a deck built by me. It's got Videlcanori and Leyline of Anticipation. He so wants,
0: he's like, I want more than one Videlcanori. Yeah. I want to just keep pumping them out every turn. I want, <laughs> I want four or five.
1: <laughs> I, well, because the deck wants to be explosive and sort of obfuscate when it's going to do its thing, Mechanized Production is a card you could play on your end step onto something you already have eight of. Yeah, and you and you could win that way. So that's a cool card. I wanted to touch on something really quick. So this is going to wrap up our discussion of the deck. I think that it's pretty cool, and there's a lot of ways to go, and. We will have the entire deck uh, link in the show notes so you can check it out. We can't talk about all the cards, obviously. It'd be a 17-hour long episode. But one of my favorite things in deck building is taking the categories that we always talk about that every deck needs, ramp, card draw, to a lesser degree, single target removal, and board wipes, and finding the, the specific type of card draw and ramp that fits in with the rest of the strategy so that... Yeah, you can play Rhystic Study, and I'm not saying don't do it. You can play Mystic Remora, I'm not saying don't do it. You can play Stroke of Genius, Brain Geyser, all the usual suspects, but you're going to get much more out of your deck if at least some of that card drawn ramp is synergizing with other things, not just drawing you cards. Like Rhystic Study and Mystic Remora, much better in an Enchantress-based deck than they are in a regular deck. Now, you're always going to play some of these, but... That's the kind of little edges I think I'm looking for and I always yeah. like to find. Yeah,
0: totally. I think that this is this little edge that you're talking about is most obvious when it comes to ramp in green where you're like, do I play mana dorks? Do I play things that get extra lands onto the battlefield? Do I play artifacts? Do I play uh, things that enchant lands and produce extra mana? And that's all ramp, but some of them are going to be better and synergize more with your strategy than others. And so in this situation, you're asking yourself, well what type of ramp what synergizes with this specific strategy it's great
1: so what is token based ramp well it's treasure tokens yeah. so you might play a card like captain Lannery storm because that's a ramp card in your deck and a, and you can turn all your tokens into treasure if you want to mm-hmm. you might play a card like tamio's journal which creates clue tokens every turn where that's not it's a fine card but there are better options in a, in a lot of decks, especially when you're playing blue. But in this deck specifically, well, I want the tokens, but mm-hmm. I also want the card draw, and so that's just a note I wanted to give to everyone out there is whenever you're making a deck, the ramp thing that DJ was DJ was just talking about is such a great example because in Estrid you want the enchant your lands based ramp, in Animar you want mana dorks, you want creatures that yeah, you're you playing. Totally want creatures. In an artifact deck you want rocks, and in a landfall deck. Or every other deck, because land is just one of those untouchable things. Yeah. You want land-based ramp. So think about what type of card draw and ramp specifically. And to a lesser extent, single target removal and board wipes. If you're an enchantment deck, your single target removal, you want it to be Oblivion Ring. You don't want it to be, you know... Uh, Sword Supply shares, even though you might.
0: <laughs> Josh is like, never mind. You do want to play Sword yeah. to Plowshares. I was like, as I'm saying that, <laughs> I'm like, but you you get but what, what I'm you what you might not like. You have a Liberian Ring and you have um, a Fiend Hunter, right? Like, why would you play Fiend Hunter in that deck when you have Oblivion Ring? But let's say you're playing a different deck. You're playing a Rune Sun, deck, Sun Titan okay. or Rune or something like that. Then Fiend Hunter, which
1: is way better, is way than better. O-ring.
0: Could have like combo potential
1: even too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. That's just a note I wanted to say. Keep that in mind when you're building any type of deck. And that's one of my favorite things about deck building is finding that and being like, oh, yeah, oh, treasure tokens. Holy crap, I got to do that. That's that's my ramp.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Okay, to the listeners, what do you think about the Brudeclad deck? What are the cards that we missed? What other ones should we put in? I don't know. That's it. That's all I got. Mother of Runes. Okay. Uh. I- <laughs>
0: And if you uh, want to order
1: any of these cards... Uh, I'm losing it. <laughs> L- yeah. Losing it now, now yeah. is the point where you're losing yeah, it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just now. Up till now, was fine. Up till now, was, <laughs> that was great. And then I just lost <sighs> I found the cure to the plague of the t- 20th century, and then I lost it. That's Sean Connery. He's Scottish, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. His accent doesn't sound very Scottish, though.
0: Okay, no. <laughs> Did you ever watch... Uh, <laughs> just, what
1: was, was the dra- Dragonheart? I am the lost one. That's it. That's my Sean Connery. He was in... Indiana Jones too, <laughs> Junior. It's true. It's true. That's it. That's all. I right. always think
0: of Sean when I think of Sean Connery. I think of uh, celebrity, uh, celebrity Jeopardy on SNL. That's what you think. Oh yeah,
1: actually, yeah. that's pretty good. <laughs> I think of shaken, not stirred. Like you don't think of James I'll have Bond. You now Trebek. I'm Bond. Trebek. James Bond. <laughs> I'll have you now Trebek. Okay. <laughs> Make sure you go to cardkingdom slash command sound. <laughs> It's hard to do. Make sure you go to cardkingdoms.com slash command zone and you should order your magic. I got I got all flustered. You should order all, all your magic cards from CardKingdom.com slash command zone. Because when you do that, you're using the affiliate link. You're doing something you're gonna do anyway, which is ordering cards, and you really are supporting Command Zone, Game Nights, all of our content. We really do appreciate it. And while you're there, check out some of the awesome Ultra Pro Commander 2018 themed stuff. They got the playmats, the deck boxes the sleeves, they've got eclipse sleeves, they've got heavy metal dice, relic tokens, so much cool stuff from Ultra Pro. They really are constantly sort of leveling up your ability to spice up your battlefield. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Okay, let's move on to the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. You're fiddling with your phone and I hope it's about the end step. It
0: is about the end step. Sweet.
1: Thank you. <laughs>
0: I've been sharing little things that I love all throughout these episodes. Another thing that I love that I almost actually created a YouTube channel about. Oh, really? Yeah. Like it was like going to yeah, be this or Jumbo Commander? Literally, okay. it was going to be this or Jumbo Commander
1: are riddles. Wow. Riddles. I,
0: I, love, I love riddles. Okay. And I actually think that, that a lot of magic players love them too. Yeah, they're puzzles. Because it's puzzles. Yeah. It's critical thinking. And part of the reasons why I like riddles so much is that a lot of times there's a strategy behind solving them where you can kind of run through those logical steps to how do you actually solve this riddle? Uh, Some riddles are just like, well, you just have to know the answers. And other ones it's like, well, you can actually figure this out if you sit down and think about it and think through the steps. So we called out, we wanted some suggestions from you, but I also want some riddles in those comments below
1: hit me up with your best riddle. do you have was, a riddle for the audience or for me that you know we could start out with
0: uh yeah i okay. have a one of my i have one of my favorite riddles it's also a call out to uh futility closet okay uh it's a okay. it's a website it's a okay. podcast they they have like riddles and interesting facts and another thing they have is they have uh, um this this uh did they challenge ways of thinking? So they they mention something like a weird situation. You have to kind of uh, find a different way of thinking. So okay. so let's do let's do a riddle. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a cheesy riddle and I'm gonna do a hard riddle. Okay. <laughs> uh, what can you put in a bucket to make it lighter?
1: What can you put in a bucket to make it lighter? A flashlight.
0: That's a good. That's a good way of thinking. Uh, a hole
1: okay. is the answer. Okay,
0: We should have paused longer and been like, dude, what do you think? Pause this video so you can think about it.
1: <laughs> a hole. Wait, the, I figured the hard one. This is the cheesy one, right? That's the cheesy one. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, the hard one uh, is a very classic scale. I, see,
1: I'm going to know the answer, but I'm just not going to answer so that you guys all have a chance. Yeah. I'm going to do that for you.
0: The The... <laughs> The hard one is one that's actually really hard to like to explain in the comments below because it's a hard riddle. Basically, imagine that you have a balanced scale. It's a very traditional thing that you use in a lot of riddles where you can put things on either side and one side will go up and one side will go down. Okay. You have 12 coins. Okay. One of them is fake. Okay. You have to figure out by using the scale three times which coin is fake and whether it's heavier or lighter because you don't know which.
1: Wow. That's like the one where you have a 5 gallon jug and a 3 gallon jug and a 1 gallon jug and you got to figure out like you moving, got to get exactly 2 around, gallons of like water that. or something yeah there are
0: there, there are cool riddles like that too uh and i really like this specific riddle because there's versions of it where you know that the coin is heavier and it makes it way easier you know the coin is lighter and you make it way easier in this case if you there's 12 coins so you put 6 and 6 on either side and it goes like this well, it could be one over here that's lighter, or it could be one over here that's heavier, and you have to go through and logically figure it out. And how how do you start setting up that way of thinking? And I think so many times we immediately go for the answer. We immediately go to the internet. I'm like yeah, I, I was just gonna say, this.
1: don't go to Google and, and Google the answer. Try it's and come on up the with internet. It. Put it in sure. the contents. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or in the comments. Yeah.
0: And there's by the way, there's different ways of solving this too. And part of the logical process of how you solve things, I believe that makes you a better critical
1: thinker. Very cool. And as I said, I totally know the answer. But I'm not going to say it because I don't want to ruin it for you Thank all. You Josh. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. yeah, no problem. Two other guys that could probably figure out the answer to this riddle because they're very smart are Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman. They do the Masters of Modern podcast. You can find them at the MMCast on Twitter, right next to us on Collected.company. They're doing YouTube videos now. They talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. If you're interested in that at all or think you might be, I would recommend checking them out. And also, while you're on YouTube watching the Masters of Modern and their new videos, you should go up to the search bar and type in Jumbo Commander. That's me. Because you're going to find DJ's channel. DJ has a ton. He's called Jumbo Commander. That's because he has a ton of Commander content on on there, a lot of deck techs and awesome stuff. You're going to be a busy, busy boy because you've (laughs) got this podcast plus all the content you're going to put out and all the decks you're going to build for your channel. So much
0: There's so much good stuff in this set. I'm constantly building. Just constantly making stuff.
1: Good thing DJ's here so he can help us all build these awesome decks.
0: You know... We've been going strong, putting out content, but we're not the only ones going strong. All of our editors have been putting in extra hours, making sure that this stuff looks beautiful for all of you. So we wanna thank them. Thank you so much, Craig Blanchette, Terry Robertson, and Murph.
1: Josh Murphy. Yeah, he's always <laughs> gonna
0: say the whole name. And also, look at this beautiful thing. We've actually complimented this exact art multiple times. Thank you, Jeffrey Palmer at Living Cards MTG.
1: Yeah, we did so many episodes of that where you were using art already, which is weird, but. We're done. We made we made it. We did oh, it. we actually have, one, we have m- one more thing to do, <laughs> and and then we we have one more episode that's planned already that's Commander Twenty Eighteen related, um, and it's going to involve a special guest that I think you all are going to be very happy to hear from. So that's exciting. But for our sort of what is this eight this episode is our marathon session? Our eight episode marathon recording session over a couple of days. DJ, woo! Good job. Good job. Good job, everybody out there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com. Or ask us on Twitter at jfwang and at Josh Lee Quai. See you later. Alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs>